0: Welcome to AdoptED, an informative and sometimes entertaining look at the world of adoption from foster care, brought to you by the Massachusetts Adoption Resource Exchange. Together, we'll explore resources, hear about interesting community happenings, and meet people involved in supporting Massachusetts adoptive families. I'm your host, Joe Sandegato, Director of Communications and Public Relations for the Massachusetts Adoption Resource Exchange. So, please, if you've chosen to follow our Adopted podcast, at Mayor we believe the best way to help introduce the process of adoption from foster care is through education. Hence, a cutesy little title of Adopted. The theme for today's show is getting to know your community supports. In our inaugural post today, we're happy to introduce you to our agency and our team. We'll also have a visit later in the show from Allison Weissman from the Massachusetts Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, or MSPCC, KidsNet program where Allison will discuss supplemental supports for foster and adoptive parents, which their program provides free of charge. And without further ado, I'm so excited to kick off the show with our opening segment called At the Table. Joining me at the table today is my co-host and child services coordinator for our Western Mass Region, Maureen Albano. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you, Joe. And I'm probably going to slip into calling you Mo pretty much through the whole show. So Maureen also goes by Mo and I go by Joe. Okay. So there we go. So
1: it is the Mo and Joe show, right? <laughs> it yeah. is.
0: So you and I have a little bit in common, and I thought um, our audience might find it interesting to learn that we're both adoptive parents. Right. So tell me a little bit about, tell me about your journey, and then I'll tell you about mine.
1: Well, my journey probably goes back a little further than yours. Mine started probably 35 years ago when um, I went to an agency and said, you're going to have to help us grow a family. Um And at that time, you had to present medical proof that you could not or physically were able—were not able to have kids. Yeah. Wow. That is so true. Um, And you had to be a married couple, male and female. It was, I mean, it, it has changed like 180 degrees. So insane. different. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and yeah. even as with some of the struggles we have today, if you think about it in the context of, what did you say, 35 years, right? Yeah. So even over 35 years, how much progress we've made. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Wow. Tremendous. Okay. So and it was a long process, three years waiting. They told you, don't get your hopes up too high. Who knows? You know, sure. when, when a child is coming um, and they call you at the last second, you have 24 hours notice, but we persevered got a little boy um who's now 33 oh my gosh um and then a few years later a little girl who's now going to be 30 and getting married this summer so so anyway yeah it was like uh adoption has just changed my world my husband's world it's just been yeah the most amazing
0: experience wow that's fantastic so so my journey started back in the 90s Mm -hmm. and um and so the uniqueness of it probably is that I was in a what was then deemed a partnered, non-legally married gay couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were surprised to learn that Massachusetts allowed for us to adopt together. We looked at all kinds of options. We looked at surrogacy, and we looked at international adoption and domestic, private adoption. And then we came to learn about adoption from foster care, and it um, it felt like a fit for us because we felt like – here we are able to provide a home for children, and um, and here are children who need a home. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we did continue to look at international and domestic adoption, but there was a lot changing in the '90s with regard to um, what was going on in that world. There was a lot of exposure yeah. about what was going on in some of the countries, and it just it didn't sit well with us. Mm-hmm. So we landed on foster care adoption and. Um, And so uh, a a lot has changed there, though, uh, for us. You know, uh, your struggle was that you know you had to have medical proof, and you had to show your marriage certificate. Oh yeah. Our barriers were more around the fact that as a same-sex couple, it wasn't uh, a time when we were really thinking about people building families. We were on the leading edge. We got. Um, officially, you know, uh, well, we got married in, in 93, but then officially in 06 when marriage equality became um, a standard here in the state. But um, at that time, it, w- it was tough. We went through all the training and we went through all the processes, but um, oftentimes we'd, we'd hit barriers yeah. uh, within the system. So um, I think it's, it's an interesting change. So who did you work with back then? Who was I worked you? with
1: an agency called Children's Aid and Family Services. They okay. were out in Northampton, Massachusetts. Um, they're now called Berkshire Children and Families. Oh, right.
0: Yeah. I thought that I, was part of their history. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, you know, we went through MAP training, and, of course, everybody was just like us. You know, uh, everybody wanted to be the mom and the dad. It was the married, you know, sure. male-female couples. Um, I remember part of the requirement was one of the parents had to be home and stay home, which meant quit a job or try to get a leave of absence uh, for the first six months. Um, Oh my goodness. There were just so many, uh, you had to own a home. Renting was not an option um, there were certain salary requirements, combined right. salaries, right. um, things that don't even exist today. I know it's it, so, it's,
0: it's so, well, I mean, there are still some standards of, of sorts, right? Yeah. I mean, the, it's not super loose, but it's certainly not as tight and restrictive as it was. Oh
1: no, no. Um, and you just accepted it. That right. was the norm. And you just figured, you know, well, everyone was this, going
0: through the same process and this is what right, you had to do right. to
1: you make it, you never knew what different, yeah.
0: Uh, so, I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that we're already speaking in jargon and using acronyms, yeah. and so we're going to have a segment a little bit later on where we explain to people all these words that we're using, but as you were saying, map, I was thinking, so familiar in our world, but for some of our listeners, they may not know what that is, so for anyone listening who's hearing new language, we'll we'll go over all of that as we, we okay. get uh, through this, and every week we're going to go through new vocabulary words. So. Um, So you've um, been doing this uh, longer than I have at at Mare. Tell me a little bit about what brought you to Mare and how, you know, tell me a little bit about your journey as you, you know, were an adoptive parent and you you then start to work in the field. How did that all...
1: Um, Well, obviously, I adopted my kids, so learning about an agency that worked worked with uh, adoptive families was just triggered my interest but prior to coming to mayor and I've been at mayor almost 19 years now I started in 2001 um, I worked for an agency called parents helping parents oh, okay and I met so many parents there that were at risk for having their children removed mm-hmm. from them and um, we helped them uh, support each other in this group and and um, there was just a lot of DCF interaction with myself and these families that were coming to this support group. Um, and a lot of these families were at the verge of having their children taken from them, going into foster care. It was just a very sad and eye-opening experience. And I, I just working with DCF, I, I felt a connection with so many of the workers that I worked with, and we're working with the families, and the DCF used to have like a little taboo kind of reputation, but um, maybe that was just my perception, but it was just an eye opener, and once I knew that there was a position open at mayor in the, my region, the Western Mass right. region, it was like, I really do want to work with this agency. I want to work in the adoption area because of my passion for adoption and my own kids, so um, I felt it was a shoe in me. Perfect fit, yeah. Perfect yeah, fit, uh, was hand a in a glove. Yep.
0: And that's actually how I met you.
1: Yeah, we met many, many uh, years many, ago. Many, many years yeah, ago. Yeah, we
0: won't say how long ago. Yeah. But that's yeah. So so my journey was yeah. a bit different. I came from a, a corporate communications, sales, marketing kind of background, and as I uh, went through training and got to know DCF. Um, I was looking for opportunities to volunteer Mm -hmm. and, you know, how can I help you spread the message? How can I? And so that ultimately led to a number of engagements. Um, I was president of the area advisory board for one of the DCF offices for a number of years. Uh, I volunteer at a a statewide level and with agencies. So mayor happened to be one of those agencies that I was just to volunteer with um, and certainly engaged with as we, um, so we adopted seven children. I don't know if I actually gave the stats right, but seven children over 20 years and, uh, and that's how I met Mo first, and then, you know... At we a now party, at a party. Get to work together, yes, yeah. but she's she's an unforgettable um, aspect of this work, if you've ever been in Central and Western Massachusetts. Everyone knows Mo, and, oh, and you're just you. a huge you're, advocate. I'm not it's sure great, that's a but, good
1: thing. But, but oh. that's
0: how I got to, to mayor. I was, um, I was running uh, my own company, and... Um, was recruited by mayor on a, on a grant and yep. then, then we decided that we were going to formalize more of the work and, and much of what you see today in terms of um, you know we just dropped a new website we've got a lot of social media engagement mm. this fantastic podcast right. is all a result of the efforts that we've put into increasing awareness within the community for the need for adoption mm-hmm. so um, I think you know being adoptive parents really helps um, when, when dealing with families, yeah. you know, it just gives you another lens. Well, it's
1: you do. You, you've got their perspective to go by, right. you know, and then the other perspective also that you're working.
0: Social from. work. Yeah. And yeah, I always like yeah. to say I have a nice 360-degree lens on the, yeah. on the so work. What was so
1: your, what was your major in college?
0: Uh, so undergrad, business with a minor in marketing, uh-huh. and then uh, an MBA. Yeah. So... Yeah. What was yours? And
1: mine was uh, personnel management. Okay. Yeah, I just got a bachelor's degree in personnel management. And then I started my master's when my my son came. Okay. Um, And I wanted to be an MBA, but didn't get that far. Okay. Uh, you know, one of these days I may just go back and hey, finish my MBA. It's never too
0: late. It's easier yeah. today than ever. Yeah. It's easier today right. than ever. You're right. And you so, and I are both total wallflowers, very shy. At events, we're just we're just sitting in a corner course not.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> wait a minute, who's he talking to?
0: <laughs> you may have no, not water. You have not not water both
1: flower. of us. Yeah, yes, you're yes, not yes. a wallflower. I'm not either. I'm pretty. I'm pretty straightforward. Yeah. 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 Well,
0: hey, you know, you've got to be. So, so what I thought I would do, um, I'm gonna tell everyone just a little bit about Mayor. I, I presume that many people know who we are, but there are a lot of questions. Um, you know, my team fields a lot of the communications we get from social media and some of the more general kinds of communications and we often have questions about really who are you and so what i hope to do is to introduce everyone in terms of getting to know your community supports first by introducing them to mayor so why don't i take the boring communications guy stats okay go ahead you can help me with some of the other pieces right i'll just
1: sit back and yawn okay okay
0: so so some people are surprised to know is we're 61 years old you know, we celebrated our 60th anniversary. We had a little party there in 2018. But um, as a result of mayor, over 6,600 children have been placed wow. with families. Um, and that's huge. Um, stats. So I'm the stats guy take a ribbing for it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for people to put things into perspective, you know, it's important to know that there's currently, um, and I update my stats every fall. So, you know, our listeners may be familiar with National Adoption Day and all of the work that we do. And that's a really good time to look and take a pulse of what's going on in the country and what's going on in the state. And so these are fairly, fairly fresh, right? So 9,600 children in foster care across the state. Um, And so, about 3,400 of those children are awaiting adoption. And, you know, at some point as we progress through the podcast, we'll, we'll you know, inform the audience a little bit more about what that whole process looks like. Um, you know, but for now, uh, you know, talking about a little less than a third of the kids, you right. know, can't return home. Right. Um, and then of the 3,400 children, about eleven hundred don't have a relative or potential adopter and, and really those are the kids that we work with at Mayor, right? And yeah. those are the kids we advocate for. Um, and so and so some kids naturally through the process stay connected with other family members or they might be with a foster family who is able and willing to adopt them. But then there are some um, kiddos who, you know, just need a family and that's what we're here to do is right. encourage people to learn more about how to become that that's family where we for those come in. kids. And yep. Um, so so tell our listeners a little bit about what Mare isn't. We are
1: not an adoption agency. Um, we are an adoption exchange, and that means that we don't work. Uh, we work, I mean, to help families who want to adopt children awaiting adoption, uh, and we connect prospective parents um, with social workers at DCF and other contracted agencies, and we could talk about other contracted agencies yeah, later, for sure. um, all while providing support to both the social worker representing the child and the families waiting to be adopted.
0: So, your take on this is: uh, I'd, I'd appreciate your um, lens, both from the the time that you've been doing this, and also from the uniqueness of um, uh, the fact that you've been working in the western part of the state, and oftentimes, you know, you have um, a, a different uh, group of. People um, from the West that maybe attend events in the East. And, you know, I get to see the statewide perspective, but I'm, I'm interested on in your take. What's interesting is most people, the question that we get most often from people is around the fact that they think we're a decision maker. They think that we're an adoption agency, and we're not. We're an no. adoption exchange. Yeah. I tell people we build bridges.
1: Right. We're a conduit between yep. a family who wants a child mm-hmm. and a DCF adoption worker who has children right. um that may be a perfect suit, you know, a right. a match for um a family. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and um and so um why don't we talk a little bit about I guess the the ways in which parents can learn about adoption for foster care and there's two lenses here right so the two areas that we work in are um helping to support families in mm-hmm. their engagement with the process and then an area you're very familiar with in your role is working with social workers and kiddos right to right. present them so right. so um as we discussed you know public events were Um, prospective parents can come to learn about adoption from um, foster care is one way that you can learn about who Mare is. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do a lot of things to support parents. And and our team um, is headed by our director of family support services, Diane Tomas, and she is an adoptive parent who um, worked both on the child recruitment side and on family support side here at Mare. Um, And so she works to directly create opportunities for family engagement And then, of course, our buddy Ricardo Franco, who is a family support services coordinator, and he supports families in a lot of different ways, much in the same way Diane does, right? Everything from community building initiatives such as faith-based recruitment and other specialty programs um, right up to including phone calls and and emails and everything else. So um, if people want to learn more about adoption, um, how can the family support services team be reached? What's the, you know, let's tell everybody how they can kind of get in touch with...
1: Um, Well, you can go on to Mayor's website, www.mayorinc.org. We have a direct phone number, 617-964-6273. And Diane is at
0: 125? I'm sorry, Diana's at 114, and Ricardo is at extension 124. Right.
1: I have to look that up on a piece of paper whenever I call because I can never remember that. Or you can just call the
0: main line, and our wonderful um, front-end coordinator will be happy to direct the call. Right, Anna is fantastic. right, Anna
1: will help pass your call on to the right person. Um, Let's see, we are... uh...
0: Email? Yep. Right.
1: Email is, in that, you can connect by email through our website.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, let's see. What else? So what let's else? give them the
0: emails. I'll give them. So Diane is Diane T, T like Thomas, at mm-hmm. dot org. And Ricardo is Ricardo F, like Frank, at yep. dot org. Mm-hmm. You can connect directly with if them. If
1: you want to get me, though, I am M Albano. Oh. Yeah. Different at format. Dot org. Okay. Yes. Because I'm so, I've been here. I was going to say because I'm so old. Nope. Uh, Because I've been here so long when we started creating uh, email addresses. They made it easy. Yeah, Albano -Albano. at mayoring.org. I'd love to hear from people. Um, You can also call me directly. I have a direct Western Mass number. I have a 413 area code. So it's 413-452-3431. Just a plug. Okay, I like hearing from people. I like answering questions.
0: So I yeah. talked a lot about social media. So you'll find us on social media. All things social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we are at Mass Adopt. And then, of course, we have a wonderful blog, um, and that's where families can go to learn more about uh, information that's relevant to, to things going on in their lives. Of course, we love contributors, and so so the family support team, really um, support services team, is really built around. Everything from uh, teaching people what this is all about to supporting them right up through their adoption, right?
1: And after. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. really, yeah. uh, people, we, we don't forget right. the minute that the gavel hits, right? right. So we right. have other resources. So so let's flip it. Let's talk about the other side of this, right? The other thing that we do is we match children, we right? We match children, yeah. So... Um, so I can tell you a little bit about the communications piece of it, right? So okay. um, one of the things that we do is we use newspaper, television, radio, you know, in order to get our message out. And and even though you may not know who we are, you probably have seen Sunday's Child in the Boston Globe. And I have never met anyone to date who doesn't know about WBC's Wednesday's Child. And those are programs that are our mayor programs. Mm-hmm. Um, we also use things like the internet and social media, as I already said. Um, we have a wonderful new newsletter that we just produced, and it's, it's got a lot of information. Um, we you know, have over 10,000 people now who connect with us. Wow. Um, just on the newsletter alone, we um, are so pleased that the, the amount of people who support our work and help us to share our message. So, um, And let's talk about other aspects. Talk a little bit about matching events and what that's all about.
1: Well, we are proud to work with major partners such as Jordan's Furniture, Boys and Girls Club of Westfield, um, and they provide opportunities for families to meet waiting children in fun and exciting public events. We call them matching events. We call them matching parties. Sometimes we call them adoption parties, uh, but they're all... To get families together with our waiting kids in a fun environment. Yeah. And hopefully matches are going to be made.
0: And it's fun. And the, for the kids, it's fun. I oh, think are you That's kidding? a question we get all the time is people um, have said to me uh, who haven't experienced our events. So, so the kind of event you like aside, some people are okay with larger events and people yeah. are okay with smaller events. Mm-hmm. The kind of event aside, the second biggest question I always get is around you know how these events will play out and will the children know that, that people... We are so good at just making it a big, fun play day. Right. For the kids that they just have a blast. Jordan's priority Beanstalk? is... Beanstalk? Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. Those kids are on the climbing yeah. ropes and, and yeah. running around. And uh, for some of them, it's it's friends seeing friends that they haven't yeah, seen. since the and, last party. And sometimes it's a, siblings, th- yeah. right? It's, it's a great way for
1: siblings to get together. But these kids have to have fun. Mm-hmm. They have to have fun first. That's our priority. Yep. If we can make matches after that and... And we encourage families to get out there and right. play with these kids, interact with them, not just stand back and watch. But um, we've had kids leave more than a few kids, but we've had so many kids leave and go. So when's the next party? Right. When's the next party? Right. Yeah. What's it going to be? Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and we have some of that. So we have some of our major events. So so thinking about Jordans uh, and Assumption and you know Westfield Boys and Girls Club. Some mm-hmm. of what I'm thinking of as the bigger events. Not that they aren't smaller ones, right? Yeah. Some of them are designed um, for anyone who wants to learn about adoption, right up to those people who are looking to match. And they are great opportunities to do that, right? So, um, so something like an options or a Boys and Girls, Westfield Boys and Girls yeah. Club. Yeah. You can just, if you have any interest at all and you'd like to just talk to somebody, right? we're there. We're there. We just walk in walk and in.
1: say, tell me yourself. tell me what, what's going on here and uh, how do we start the process? Or or I've got a friend who can't make it, but I thought I'd, chum, you know, yeah. come over here. I think or that's, take a
0: friend, yeah. or, right? You yeah. can make it an outing.
1: Networking you... is the best way to find out some information, pass it on to you friends, meet other family. other people who
0: are interested, people from your yeah. community, yeah. right? No, I think it's great. And then, so so the highest uh, level of uh, engagement probably, or, or the biggest parties, right, are, are these where, where it's just open to everyone. Yeah. Um, but then once you've gone through uh, so some more, you know, uh, warning around language use, right? Once you've been home studied, and which is just part of this whole process, yeah. right? Once you've kind of gotten deeper into the process, then we have sort of specialty matching events that are still bigger. So like Beanstalk, Assumption College, right? Um, you know, there's there's roller skating events. There's all kinds of, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, of things that you can participate in. Um, and then smaller specialty events. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So sometimes parents come to us and what do they say? I have special skills at nursing. Right. Or... You know, I I can, um, uh, we've thought about a child who has greater needs. Right. Right? So... Mm Um so we have um you know, so smaller events. Uh well skating party I kinda of put in the big one, but it's sort of a medium sized event. It's it's not a it's not Probably. a giant space like Beanstalk. Yeah, or, in
1: contrast know. to what a Jordans may sponsor uh, with us. Yeah. yeah. But there are specialized parties. Um team parties. You teen, just had a team oh, party. Yeah. You got one coming
0: up, yeah. we and we'll talk more about uh, that as a specific yeah. item. But but Good yeah. percentage
1: it's, of our kids waiting, not just in, in my region. But are over the age of twelve, right. and um, there are people who really fall into that category. Families who sure. are looking for an older child for whatever reason. Maybe they just fit better in with um, the age of their birth children. We had
0: a we had a teen adoptee. Yeah. Right? Yep. You might See? remember. And yeah. we actually actually I one of the parties I saw you at was at the party where we met my son. Was And Okay. Oh. And the reason that we were going with the teen was at the time it was before our t- last two little guys came to us. And we were looking at a timeline where he fit in between my daughter and, and my son. Right. And, yeah. um, and we had capacity, but mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily think we wanted to change her. We used to call it the end of parenting, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, when right. is it right. going, When almost, are we when are going there. to college? Yep. When are they? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and then later said, oh, you know what? We're so family friendly. We can just, we can keep going yeah. and had a couple of little guys. But, but you know, teams, um, I have a lot of parents who say to me, you know, I have kids who just went to college. And... You know, I've got an empty desk and I've got this capacity. Um, I don't know that I could handle a baby because I've got a career or I've got, but gosh, teens, you know, slide right in to families really easily sometimes.
1: I'll tell you, they have, teens have so much to offer. Um, And we can go into that. Yeah, in another segment, We but, totally oh, can. don't don't underestimate teens. And
0: I don't want to forget about we have um, really nice special needs events. So Ironstone Farms is one that I think yeah, of. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's an um, equestrian party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you know a lot of our children um, need a therapeutic approach to meeting families, and this is great horseback riding. Oh my and,
0: gosh, and they are fantastic. I mean, it's it's a smaller venue for yeah, sure, it is. and it's for people who really you know intend on. Um, learning more about and you know pursuing children with more extreme special needs mm-hmm. but oh my god we have we have so much and it's all on the web right yep it's so all on our
1: website as Maury yep.
0: would say at ww Do- okay I, I get to we get to have fun right. well, I get to have, okay but huh. you'll always find our party information there um, and so the the other piece of this um, I guess that I shouldn't be remiss is uh, in talking about, is the fact that um, they, we have the matching parties where there's no children present at all. So for people oh, who yeah, are, right. you know, they're through the process and they're mm-hmm. looking, um, they can meet up with social workers, promote sort of their their family. And, yeah. and we're going to talk a little bit more about matching in a later episode. And right. I've got some ideas that mm-hmm. I've used and yep. that others have used, right? Um, but there are also these other events. So we're not short. On opportunities and ways in which you definitely, you know, everything from definitely not very, 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 you know, low level lift, like just looking at the website Mm -hmm. and browsing, you know, through our information or looking at waiting children, up to and including you can be at a party talking to a social worker Mm -hmm. and and fully engaged.
1: You never know about a kid until you meet them, and then that charm is is out there in you. I
0: tell everybody, and this was the case for me, it's a little bit like falling in love. Yes. You know when you know. Mm -hmm. When it it clicks, it clicks. Yep. And you know. Right. Right? You
1: think you're looking for a 10-year-old and you meet a 13-year-old and it's like, oh my gosh.
0: Ask me what we were looking for. Round one, first time out of the gate, what we we were looking for. What were we
1: looking for, Joe?
0: Four-year-old girl. Yeah. Okay. And we ended up with a -a four-and-a-half-year-old boy and his nine-year-old brother.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. See? I
0: tell everyone, don't don't get too mm-hmm. locked in yep. you can have an idea of what it's you know right. it's going to be like for you but try and try and have an open mind right, right? it works right. really well all right so I'm gonna bring us back on track we're, okay. we're gonna we've thrown around a lot of terms today and what do you say we try and um, review some of the common terms associated with foster care and adoption let's we're gonna do this every week Mo but let's try and help people better understand a little bit about our world. And hopefully I think we cover everything that we use for jargon in, in industry terms today. But Okay. So adoption agency versus adoption exchange. We are an, an exchange exchange. So we help to make connections. We don't directly place children, nor do we make decisions about the placement of children, but we help to facilitate the connection. We help to bring people together, and we have um, every player's interest in, in mind in, in the process, right? Right, right. Um, take the next one.
1: DCF stands for the Department of Children and Families. It's a state-run department. Um,
0: Here in the state of Massachusetts, they're responsible for caring for children in foster care. In foster care,
1: Mm -hmm. right. Um, We are a contracted agency Ah, by the state, by DCF. Which means we get some funding from them to do our job,
0: and so do a lot of other agencies. And, and right. actually, later on in the show, uh, Allie Weissman's joining me from MSPCC KidsNet, and they're mm-hmm. one of the contracted providers who, you know, mm-hmm. is able to bring some services to families who are engaged in this process. And we'll learn all more about that. But there right. are a number mm-hmm. of agencies that are contracted. One thing about DCF that I just want to make people aware of, and it took me a long time to figure this out. When you first come to this, and, and I don't think it was just me, because other people over the years have said the same thing. Is DCF in charge of all the kids? Is DCF the one who's, you know, going to be, um, you know, overseeing everything? Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah. With, with very few exceptions. Um, so even private agencies. So we
1: are you're working with a private agency, one of these contracted agencies. DCF still is the main guy.
0: DCF is still the main guy yeah they're okay. you know they're in the background and a lot of families don't always know that so um, I think you know it, it's important for people to understand that um, quickly I'm gonna go through types and roles of social workers this gets confusing so anybody who's listening who's just beginning right so so mm-hmm. I think I'm calling these the foremost common the ongoing child's worker the worker who's working with the biological family or the parents mm-hmm. an adoption worker yeah. And then an ADLU worker, ADLU standing for Adoption Development Licensing Unit, and they work with families. Right. So sometimes people say, who are all these people? Mm, I, Lots of them. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, why don't you take the next couple?
1: Perspective adoptive parent. Um, that's who you are, I hope. Maybe. You know, we could yeah. have people
0: who are former adopters, who are currently in the process. We could, you know, but yep. perspective, meaning... You yeah. want to learn something. You want to
1: learn something, right? Yeah. Um, a waiting parent is is probably. I'm assuming what we're looking for here, somebody who maybe is in the process of going through, and we'll tell you what MAP means, but MAP class or the yeah. process of being home studied in order to be licensed to adopt. So
0: you're someone in the process. Somebody right? in the we process waiting, is a waiting parent, and yep. we define. So if we have an event, we'll say who can attend the event, right? right. So MAP is the Massachusetts Approach to Partnership in Parenting. It's a 10-week course right. that you can take through DCF or through a contracted agency. Mm-hmm. It's part of a standardization effort um, across the country to bring you know rele- relevant and in similar content to everywhere in the country. Um, I was a MAP trainer. Were you ever a MAP trainer oh, in all these years of? No. No? No. Yeah, I trained. That was one of my points of engagement no. with the department. And so uh, it can be heavy. It, this, the, the most recent curriculum has a lot of heavy duty content, but they, and when I say heavy duty, I mean um, talking about the kinds of backgrounds, issues, and challenges that children who you would be considering for mm-hmm. adoption may have faced. Right. Um, I think it's relevant, I think it's important. Um, oh,
1: I've heard it's an eye opener. It, it can from, be. From both the, the um, family's perspective and also mm-hmm. the ADLU workers who are trained to be. Yep. MAP presenters, yep. yes.
0: Um, home study. So um, so the process starts by you making application. Right. Once you've made application, there's some preliminary work done by the department. Right. You are then invited to a MAP class that Massachusetts Approach to Partnership in Parenting, right? Right. During the MAP class, you begin the home study process. Home study includes both a social worker coming to your home for some scheduled visits and for some checks. It also includes you writing a whole bio and and presenting a lot of information to right, the department. Right. We call this whole entire process mutual selection and assessment. Sounds professional. Really? Mutual assessment and selection. You know what it means? No. Eh, you learn about us. We're going to learn about you. Yeah. If either of us finds out something that we're uncomfortable with, let's talk about it. Yeah. Right. Right? Right. Right. Um, and then last piece is just waiting children. Talk about the, the two ways in which we categorize waiting children in order to be able to present them.
1: Well, there are children who are not yet legally freed to be adopted, and these are the children who parents, their parents' rights have not yet, birth parents' rights have not yet been terminated. Um, and to be honest with you, Massachusetts, it's probably the majority of the children we mm-hmm. work with. Um there are children whose parents' rights have been terminated and we refer to them as legally freed children. Um, and there's not as many of them out there, but there are uh, there are children who are freed. Um, and hopefully in the map training and in the home study process, you will begin to understand a little more about, uh, these two different types of children, and maybe some risk involved in oh, what you're a capable whole of. Separate
0: topic, right? Oh, the yeah. Topic of risk. Yeah. And, and we'll get yep. to that. Yep. Well, so so there's a lot of terms. So yep. hopefully, we've demystified a little bit. Um, you know, of course, if you have any questions, you can give us a call at 617 964 6273. Visit us at bearing.org, right? There's lots of ways that right. you can begin yep. to connect with us. And now it's time for one of my favorite segments. You're gonna you're gonna connect us to some waiting children. Oh, Mo. today we're gonna learn okay. about Jaden and William, mm-hmm. and um, it's probably a good time to remind our listeners they can find information about um, either of the children on the website marrying.org, and you just simply click on this little tab at the top that says Meet the Children. Right. Click on Meet the Children. Select Waiting Children. The little drop down list pops right. down. Right? right. And then you just put in the registration number, or or you can search through all waiting children, or create a custom search. So. Anyway, okay. so you will give everyone the registration numbers along with all the information about
1: the children. Well, one of my favorites, and of course, I can talk about favorites, um, I want families to go into the mayor website and look up Jaden. Cutest little girl. 7126 is her mayor registration number. And she wants to be a cheerleader when she grows up. Usually we start out a conversation about our kids with their aspiration so she wants to be a cheerleader although oh. she has not said with what team that's okay or, uh, but no, you that's know good. hey
0: hey she's gonna more power
1: to her right
0: I don't know what I want to be when I grow up
1: yeah yeah um, but she does she wants to be a cheerleader she's nine years old she's of Caucasian descent she is lovable and wise beyond her years this is what her foster mom says about her okay she will be entering or she did enter the third grade this past fall She loves to help her foster mom in the kitchen. She loves to help preparing food and meals. Um, Likes to be outside riding her bike or inside doing arts and crafts. Favorite thing to make, not to eat, but make, is slime. She is the world's greatest slime maker. And I don't know what the ingredients are, but... um, it involves anyway,
0: glue and glitter. Does and it?
1: Like uh, she's a slimist, Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, that means she makes slime, but she also likes swimming, going to amusement parks. She does well with a lot of one-on-one attention, and I'm sure it's because she maybe didn't get this um, in her past. So um, in her foster home, she probably should be the youngest of uh, children. So if you've got you know, children older than, let's say, 10, 12, that type of thing, she'd probably fit in very well. Okay. Um, she's adorable.
0: Good. And who else are you presenting today?
1: Will. Well, William for uh, his official Do we name. we call him Will? We call him Will. All yeah, right. Quirky little Will. His registration number is 6318. He does like to tell jokes. He's a jokester and, oh. and funny stories. He's Cute. also age nine. He is really fun loving. Um, he is of Hispanic and Caucasian descent. He is an outgoing and fun-loving kid who has tons of friends. Um, very social at school and after school. He's been described as being very helpful to others and very polite. Uses his manners all the time. He admires his older brother and his sister, and he looks to them for guidance. He, yeah, he does. Um, they sweet. live. His brother and sister live in Western Mass, okay. so he needs contact with them. I just... Wanted to throw that out there because you know sometimes location's important. Sure. Uh he likes to play video games, what boy at 9 doesn't. He likes to but, build with Legos and do arts and crafts activities. He can take a carton or three or four cartons and he can create a castle. It doesn't have to be with Legos So artistic. Or blocks. He's, He's very artistic. artistic, very creative, artistic. Nice. Um he has an aspiration to continue with his education after high school. He is part of the breakfast volunteer club at school and he's very proud of his responsibility okay he is freed for adoption um i meant to tell you that jaden also is freed for adoption now that i mentioned this about will so both of these children are freed for adoption and will would do really great in almost any family constellation with or without other children in the home i mean he's a good fit for just about anybody
0: hey can we do one little extra piece of vocab for people yeah Family constellation. What do we mean when we say that?
1: You can be a mom and dad family, a two mom family, a single guy, um, two dads a single family,
0: single woman, woman. Oh, anybody, okay. anybody,
1: anybody. Yeah, there's um, a little
0: jargony. So I want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, know yeah. What we're Co- okay, about, right, yeah,
1: right, yeah. I probably should leave that. Out. I write that a lot, and and it really well, should I be more descriptive. We do, descriptive
0: of we do talk yeah. about it in case there are limitations no. sometimes, right? No. So sometimes we might say. Uh, no older children in the home, or you know, there's there's reasons right. why we right. qualify mm-hmm. things that way so that we don't want to get people um, engaged and get their hopes up if there really is some limiting factor. Right, the right. So,
1: there aren't any limits though with Will, he there aren't would any? fit in well with any family. Um, Uh, with or without other children in the home of any age but he does have that connection to his brother and his sister oh and his grandmother also I forgot about grandma she lives out in Western Mass so there there need you you need to be a family who has no issues about keeping him connected it's important to him if
0: you want to learn about Jaden registration number 7126 or will registration 6318 you can visit us at mayorink.org call Mm -hmm. us at 617-964-6273 of course attend a fabulous event out in Western Mass or uh, check us out on social media. Mo, this has really been fun. Um, educational. Of course, working with you is always fun. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. Back at you. I look forward to co-hosting with you again next month. Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining you us. Too. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll be back with our special guest, Allison Weissman from MSPCC Kids Night. Be right back. Welcome back to the podcast. This is our Adopt Topic segment, where I get the opportunity to introduce you to community members who have interesting roles and stories about adoption. My next guest is part of an amazing community resource. She's been working to support Massachusetts foster and adoptive families for over a decade and a half as in her role as KidsNet Western and Central Mass Director. Please welcome Allison Weissman. Welcome, Allison. Would
2: you prefer Allison or Allie? Ali sounds perfect perfect
0: so can you tell our listeners a little bit more about MSPCC KidsNet what's what's the history who do you serve
2: well MSPCC um, is for prevention of cruelty to children it started in 1878 it's a great organization I ended up coming into the KidsNet program in 2004 Um, it started off I believe in 1997 Okay. And it was basically thought about to help support families with all the things that the families are actually going through. Um, since there's trauma with the children, uh, we wanted to have training resources in okay. order to help help them sure. um, work with the children that are in their home. We also decided that we thought that they needed respite. And respite is just like paid vacation on a regular job.
0: Sure, sure. So you get
2: 10 days, okay. which are nine overnights a year, so that you can... You can go on vacation if you'd like. If you have a family emergency, it's also good for that. Um, but it's basically just your own time in which uh, DCF continues to pay for the care for the children gotcha. to you, but we end up paying the provider. Um,
0: so it's an extension of—so MSPCC KidsNet program is an extension of the core work that the Massachusetts Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children had been engaged in for over a century. Oh, yeah. Right? It was just a natural extension of it and— what brought you to KidsNet?
2: Um, I started off with MSPCC because I absolutely love that agency. Okay. I had run and opened restaurants, and I was also always volunteering in different things. So I was with Make-A-Wish. I was with um, the Red Cross. Okay. And when I moved to Massachusetts, I found MSPCC, and I fell in love with um, their values um, My goal was always to create healthier and happier families of all types. And so we helped support their programs by fundraising and um, raising money. So I was on their board. At the same time, I was having my own children, which are all now grown, uh, in schools. And I realized that 10% of the students in my elementary school for the children were involved with DCF in some way.
0: So was that your first enculturation into the foster care system? Did you have? You said you had some other volunteer histories in the Well, past, I had
2: other volunteer histories, and I have to say, my twin sister um, was a uh, foster parent in California. Okay. She was also a foster parent in Massachusetts, and so my, you knew my a older bit. sister was a foster parent. Yeah. So I, um, I definitely, we had always been. Our whole goal was working with children and families. As a family, we love. Um, to make healthier communities. And in right. order to do that, you need to work with children and families because that's what makes a healthier community. So you
0: are a true mission-driven person, yeah, right? I absolutely,
2: yeah. So
0: so you started out telling me a little bit about some of the programming, but um, tell me a little bit about so, – so MSPCC KidsNet is committed to – Helping strengthen families, foster families, helping to provide resources, uh, foster pre-adoptive families. I guess you know it's sort of that it. extension, right? So, so tell me a little bit about what the program does. I'm sure many of our listeners have heard about MSPCC KidsNet, but maybe not everyone knows everything that's that's offered. What kinds of programs and supports are available to people?
2: I'll go over a little overview of each, um, just to give you an idea. So. First and foremost, we have our out of hours helpline, which is the off hours from DCF. So, anything over the weekend, or from 5 p.m. at night until 9 a.m. in the morning.
0: So that means if I'm a family and my worker typically works Monday through Friday, nine to five, and I have a question, and I call my DCF office, I get nothing. You get nothing. If I call the out of offers, uh, I'm sorry, the out of hours helpline, I can actually talk to somebody.
2: You can. For that, I would actually, just a regular talk, I would say I'm going to refer you to a family resource liaison, and we'll get into that in a second. Okay. We'll stay with the hotline. All right. Hotline is more of an emerging situation. You're um, going through a crisis with your child, and you're not exactly sure how to handle it, and you're afraid do I call an ambulance how am I how am I supposed to navigate this right they are the people to call they're social workers off hours um, helping to support you through any circumstance if it gets to the level where you need to have a child removed Mm -hmm. then they get a hold of the Judge Baker line and get a hold of DCF and then DCF intervenes and helps.
0: So it's somebody who in the off hours when you traditionally might not have the support of your social worker can help you navigate the kinds of things that come up. Exactly. Not everyday things, but but things where you really need some some assistance, some big time assistance. So so what are people calling if they need that that line? Where, where do we have them?
2: That would be your family resource liaison and that is another piece of the KidsNet program. Okay. So a family resource liaison is a foster adoptive parent that's been fostering and has more than likely adopted through the system and has been in the system for many years they're familiar with your DCF office so each DCF office has their own family resource liaison gotcha although they're not working for DCF they're working for you
0: so that's important right so it's a it's an advocate for you as a foster or pre-adoptive parent it's right someone who's on your team
2: right right they also run support groups and trainings each month. Okay. Um, in that, there's a core group of people that generally go to the trainings and support groups that are a wealth of information because they share with each other their everyday. It takes a village to raise a child type right. of situations, and
0: you need a community when you're doing this, right?
2: You do, and your community becomes something different when you foster and adopt. Um, Mine did, yeah,
0: right, right. You and the language you use, and how you talk about things, and how you engage with other people. I know. One of the one of the big benefits to getting together in groups early on for me was my biological family, my own family, didn't necessarily understand exactly what I was going through. They didn't understand trauma, or abuse, and neglect. They didn't understand the impacts to kids. Um, and I met other great people who had been through it, and I could say things like, "I'm having a really difficult time with whatever that I might not be able to say to my." To my parents to my brother right because they might not have a frame of reference for it and when I would go to the groups people would look at me and say oh don't worry about it right
2: yeah I've this, been through that
0: that'll pass yeah it's fine
2: and every if you look at anything that happens um in fo- in the foster and adoptive world it is a foreign thing to most people to have originally when I do some trainings with families um that I want to help understand what fostering and adopting looks like and especially fostering right I make the people that are normally sitting in in their regular everyday seats um, or who they sit next to because generally when you come in with a group, you're sitting next to who you want to. Are you going to mix it up a little bit? I have them get up, leave all of their stuff in their seat and move to another seat and then listen to the presentation because it gives them the idea of this is what a kid coming into care. They didn't know when they came in. Right. They don't know where they're going. They're not exactly always sure what the circumstances were. And they have no real connection to anything. they They have their hands. Their whole body is placed where they don't they're not able right, to right really,
0: so let's have put them a in a frame of mind to yeah. to help them with that. So so you talk about um so so two things. So there's the out of hours helpline. And mm-hmm. so we should probably give the number that's eight hundred four eight six, three, seven. Three zero, and again, as you said, they're open five p.m. to nine a.m. So basically, those times when someone's not on staff in twenty-four hours on the weekend. So you know, when someone's not on DCF staff, um, family resource Liaisons, you will probably talking more later about connecting with um, with you and, and others, right? But um, but training. You mentioned training. So tell me a little bit about MSPCC's role in training.
2: So training has always been a big component because we, we um, MSPCC is all about prevention, and we know that the best way uh, to prevent things is to learn different techniques.
0: This whole podcast <laughs> is all about education. Right. Right. Education is the way to change and, and to help people move through processes. So. And
2: give them tools. Right. Tools that hopefully are going to be helpful mm-hmm. um, for whatever circumstance comes along. Of course, there, we have trauma trainings. We have the new ACEs training just to teach you about what ACEs is, which was fantastic. We have a explain conference.
0: Explain ACEs. We try and not use acronyms. I'm I'm trying to get used to nice So what is ACEs?
2: Oh, boy. That's going to be hard. I can explain it, but I don't know why it's called ACEs. To me, ACEs is basically the connection between mental health and physical health um, and the impacts that it has on children and people throughout their lives. So basically... A doctor two doctors in um california mm-hmm. created about 20 years ago they started doing a study and they really formulated some information that was helpful to put the two things together mental health and physical health and where it puts you um and where it can put your health if you don't if you end up not getting help so basically it's it's a way of teaching people that it is important, the connections and how to reach out to your community and become maybe a partner in supporting it or use the resources. So um, you just thought of it, didn't you? Yes, I did. It's adverse childhood experiences. So basically what it is is what's happened in your childhood or what's happened in your life at any point, how it affects your your, um, overall health and how we can support the communities. And the people that actually need more support around that in order to make it healthier.
0: But I look at your training schedule. It's all over the state. Oh, yeah. It's all year round. Oh, yeah. Right. looks like it's probably put out in six month chunks. Right. I think the one I looked at now goes like January to June. And then, uh, you know, it was on the site last fall and it picks up from july to december right so it is so people um well i guess we'll give them the website address as we go through here but but it's all online it's all available anyone can attend do i have to register how do i you know i'm a foster parent i'm i'm a pre-adoptive parent how do i how do i engage in all of this how do i so the training schedule
2: that you'll see online it has the different regions so it'll have west it'll have central boston northeast southeast any questions you can always call the KidsNet director for that area I am West and Central right. and you can call me directly I'll give you my contact information at the end to get everyone else's contact information rather than have me read through sure or the website right? or the website. the website um, uh, just so that you can see is there gonna be childcare available at that one or not do yeah. I use KidsNet program childcare for that Okay, which I'll we'll talk about that too um,
0: can I just show up? Do I have to Do I have to pre-plan this? Is there someone I have to call? You is can there... just
2: show up. Because you, you, never... you talk
0: about what it is, right. where it is, when it is. Right. Right?
2: So you're, you're more than welcome to just show up. If you're planning on bringing children with you, it's mm-hmm. definitely a good idea to call to call see ahead. whether or not we have child care. Other than that, you can show up to any of them across the state. Anytime. Um, anytime. Perfect. And there's probably one every single day across the state. Right,
0: right. So you talked about in in the opening, we, we were, you know, kind of talking a little bit about your role and the history and, and you briefly got into respite a little bit. But I guess, you know, so you're talking about child care and, and respite certainly falls uh, within that. And that's a huge piece of what MSPCC provides, right, right. It is um, you are the agency of, of record. You're the contract, uh, agent, contracted agency who helps foster parents when they need respite in providing, you know, sort of the, the, the money. money for it, right? right? But there's things that people need to do, right? There are steps that people need to take. They Tell me a little bit about, I'm a foster parent. I'm a pre-adoptive parent. Um, I, I have access to, you set up to 10 days of right. respite per year, right? So
2: how do I start that process? What is that like? Okay, we're going to start off with the very basics. You're a foster, kin, pre-adoptive parent that's working with departmental DCF care, not IFC families, which would be a um,
0: bit of a separate contract. It's a, it's so a separate it's...
2: contract. Um, but if you're in regular, de- if you have children in regular departmental care.
0: So, Department of Children and Families, I'm kinship, I'm foster, foster or, or I'm pre adoptive. Okay.
2: And you want to take a vacation,
0: mm-hmm.
2: just you and your honey, you're going to call your family resource worker in your area office and mm-hmm. let them know. I and I will say this because the way our system is right now, so overwhelmed. Right. It's great if you have six weeks at, at least advance notice. If you don't, it's okay. Okay. But s- six weeks is really a thoughtful way to do it. If you, and I'll tell you why.
0: Okay. And, okay. and we're talking about planned full. Time away. Right. So so there's no reason why we can't have.
2: Sometimes it's an emergency. Sometimes Sometimes you have a death in the family and you need to leave. But if it's planful. Right. If it's planful. So we're talking about
0: planful. Six weeks minimum. If you've got more, you've got more. Chances are if you're planning a vacation, you're probably doing it, you know, a little ways out. Or you're
2: taking a weekend away. You can take a couple of weekends away. You don't have to do 10 days all at once. So that's another important thing to know. You don't have to use it. If you don't use it, you do lose it.
0: Okay.
2: Fiscal year starts July 1st and ends June 30th so you're gonna to want to use it in and that we have time to do period. it within
0: the fiscal year if we're a kinship foster or a pre-adoptive parent right so yeah and the clock starts July 1st and ends June 30th and that's how we count the number of days we use
2: that's correct okay. and we keep track of that um, as well so you're the pre-adoptive foster kin parent and you're gonna call your family resource worker you're gonna let them know that you need respite okay so um, if you don't have a provider you're, they're going to find a provider for you, which is going to be another foster or pre adaptive or can't create can pre-adopt, pre-adoptive if, home.
0: If I have someone in my family who's been quarried to help provide coverage for me, or if I've got someone in um, a MAP class that I went to together, you know, we talked about MAP earlier in, mm-hmm. in the show. And, you know, if, if I know another quarried provider, someone who, you know, maybe I trust or know to, to right. be able, can I talk to my worker about them?
2: Yes. So if it's another foster parent that's a licensed foster parent, DCF has to figure that situation out, whether or not they have enough space in their home.
0: And that's not you. That's right? not This me. is all done through, I, but it's, I could talk to my worker. I could right. say to my worker, uh, Allie is another foster parent that I know, and she, you know, has, uh, you know, the capacity to help me out while I'm away for the weekend. Right. Can, can we do that? But I have to ask my worker you
2: have to ask your worker the other thing is if you have a family member if you have somebody that knows the child if you have a babysitter that you use uh, you know not one of ours but one of yours um, they can come into your home and do the child care as long as they're choreo-approved through DCF okay if you let DCF know that you have that person they're over 18 years old um, and they're over four years older than the kids in your home so if you have a 16 year old you have to have a 20 year old gotcha um, but Basically they'll go over the guidelines with you. The care then needs to be happen in your actual home. It cannot happen at the provider's home. Okay. But I think it's it's more comfortable for kids. It's great if you have family or friends to do it in your home right. because it's it's a much easier transition, especially with schools. Well, and we're also talking Travel. about
0: kiddos who might have already had, you know, a little bit right. of bounce in, you know, stability, it's yeah. probably, you know, you're going to be away. So it's good to keep them at home. But and- if
2: you don't, then you also always have, um, you always have DCF. Also, if you're involved with a group, a support group or, or trainings, right. a lot of times there's child care providers that other people have used um, and you can ask them. Hey, sharing, does anybody right. have anyone that they know of that would be fantastic to I know, come in and do respite
0: on Facebook? I sometimes see you know people have connections and they get to know each other and they and they're helping to provide for each other. But but let's get through the so, so all right. So we have to have a resource that's DCF approved, and then and then how does MSPCC become involved? Does DCF call? DCF
2: notifies us, okay. so they have to fill out a form letting us know that this is going to be the provider, this is the foster family, these are the children, these are the amount of days that they're going, um, and then we contact the provider and have them fill out paperwork. Okay. Uh, And that's our only part in it. You're more than welcome to call us if you have questions. Sure. um, But we will refer you back to your family resource um, person rather than because we can't help you.
0: Right. Um, Right. But you do provide the coverage. You do provide some guidance. And so, okay. so so that's respite. And then short term child care, I guess, is probably the last piece for us to.
2: Yeah. So short term child care is something that you get 10 hours a month of, however Mm -hmm. you want to use it. Um, If you want to go out every Tuesday for two hours and it comes out to 10 hours for the month, that's great. You need to notify us and that would be KidsNet. Mm -hmm. So that's your KidsNet Assistant, mine would be Nettie in the West, and for Worcester would be Deb. Okay, um, the rest of the state has the same. You can contact me. And I can get you that information. Also, it's on the website.
0: So not the same as respite. I don't have to find no. my own person. I, this is, no. I arrange it right, right through you.
2: And it's for your own personal time. You don't have to give a reason. You don't have to say I'm going to. I have
0: an appointment. I have. I don't have to yeah. tell you why. Yeah. But, you just but say, I, I need some downtime. Personal. I need, I need, I need to go personal take care time. of something.
2: Right. Okay. I need personal time on these dates. These are the children in my care. Sure they're going to ask your address, phone number, the children in your care, the best way to reach you because we're contracted with another agency through the EEC. Okay. It's called Child Care Circuit. They're across the state. They are actually the ones that coordinate with the child care providers in your area to find a provider to provide care for your kids. Gotcha. You then drop once you get approval, you call us, give us our give us the information. We send it out. The actual providers call you, you get confirmation and then you're set to go do
0: they come to me am i bringing my kids somewhere? Oh no, or you bring we... them
2: to their house so they're okay. in home child care that are specially trained kids net they are actual child care providers but they go through extra training uh, around trauma and different things um, to help be more supportive to our families
0: you know i have a, I have something that that comes up from time to time and, and you started out by saying and when you were talking about the frls you said they don't work for dcf right if I ask you, what do you say when people say, you know, is my discussion with you and your peers confidential? Will DCF have access to what you discuss? What would you, what would you say to that?
2: It's confidential. So any relationship that we, um, anything that we talk about is confidential, unless, of course, I'm a manda- mandated reporter, as are the FRLs. So if, it, if we had some fear of abuse or neglect, um, then we have to.
0: Within the guidelines within of the guidelines, normal normal, right. Normal,
2: right. Okay. But definitely, um, we, we get all sorts of phone calls from families, um, mostly asking about different supports, um, what's available, how do I get a therapist in my area. Um, okay. It could be anything.
0: Well, this has been incredibly informative. I'm glad to learn more about MSPCC and all you're doing. Ellie, you mentioned you've got... Um, Counterparts throughout the state people can contact you but uh, for reference should we tell them who yeah um, who the the various directors are around the state and then um, How to reach you?
2: Yeah, so we have for Boston. It's Deanna Forrest okay. um, For the southeast. It would be Kim Kimberly Kelly Okay. Um, for the Northeast. It is Carol Casey
0: and of course you Central and, and West Yes, and if people want to reach you, what's the best number for them to call?
2: My best number is 413-364-1896. And for any questions, if you need to know who the FRL is in your area, if you're not able to get on the website, the website has a wealth of information. And and we should give the
0: the website, it's mspcc.org. Correct. And then I remember that you have to then go in and you go into the menu and then you have to look for foster care and adoption. And then if you... Open that page, then you can find KidsNet, right? That's correct. Okay. And um, and how about email address?
2: For my email, I'll give it to you. It's going to be easier. It's A-Weissman, right. W-E-I-S-S-M-A-N, at M-S-P-C-C dot org. Perfect.
0: So you'll be uh, welcome to, you're, you're welcome to and open to fielding calls about anywhere in the state, and you can help direct people if they have questions yeah um thank you so much for joining me today i'm really pleased that we we're able to present you and mspcc KidsNet, and i'm sure it was very informative for our listeners and so hopefully you'll join us on our next show and thanks for joining us Alright, so if you want to learn more about MSPCC KidsNet, visit mspcc.org, select the Our Work tab, select Foster Care and Adoption from the pick list, and then select KidsNet in the first paragraph for all the program details that we discussed today, or call them at 983-5800. If folks want more information about any of our topics today, including how to become an adoptive parent, please visit us at mayorinc.org or call us at 617-964-6273. And don't forget to look for our show next month where we'll discuss more adoption-related topics and meet new and interesting guests. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Joe Sandigato. Have a great day.